Hi, everybody. Uh, Hi. Uh, this is Mark David Christensen. And I'm Johnny Schwartzbein. There is no Miles. Miles Stroth <laughs> is not here today. He got sick. Uh, he said he got sick. Uh, he just said that because he didn't want to do a podcast with us. Yeah, he's like, I'd rather <laughs> stay home than do improv with Johnny and Dave. <laughs> uh, so you have us here. Hooray! Yay! Yay! Um. Maybe we should start with like a little bit of quick like kind of like where like our improv backgrounds just for people that might not know us prior. Sure, sure. Uh, Mark David Christensen grew up in an abandoned fridge in Utah. <laughs> True. <laughs> I I thought I thought I was raised by mold. It's <laughs> 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 so mean. It's so mean to your parents. Uh, no, let's start. Uh, you started your beginning. Oh, you want me to start? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I come from uh, actual Salt Lake City, Utah. So I was half right. So like, yeah, it's or yeah, it's sort of like the abandoned refrigerator of the United States. It <laughs> <laughs> so is very mean. But yeah, I came here in 2009 and started improv. Very shortly after moving here in January in the month of February at UCB, and I, like day one, I was very hesitant about doing improv originally because I came in here to be an actor, and uh, the all the improv I knew prior to long form was like short form on uh, whose line it is anyway, in like a short form people like comedy sports in Utah. And it was always clean and like clean to the point where it's like you're it's annoying, you know what I mean? Like you're avoiding. Going blue rather than like, eh, we're good, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, and you didn't want to like uh, tarnish any of your amazing like Shut acting up. ability <laughs> with I like silly short form yeah, improv. Well, I, 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 maybe a little bit. Maybe I was a little arrogant at the time and uh, pretentious. But it was more so just, um, I was like, yeah, I didn't know what to expect. And what I saw was just not good to me or not funny. The only com I came out here loving Mr. Show. That was my comedy. I was like, oh, that's the kind. If I'm gonna do comedy, I want to do more close to that. So, but a roommate of mine, and also we met in screenwriting back in Utah, Barbara Gray, who's a stand-up out here. Very funny. Uh, yeah, she is, and she was like, "You need to go to UCB. I think you'll love it." And I'm like, "I don't know." But then I was like, "Screw it. You know what I mean? I'm in an acting class. I should do it. Just find out. Maybe it's another just tool in my tool belt." And I went and took it day day one, fell in love with it, like immediately. I was just like, that's all you want to do. That's all you wanted to see. You really, I did so quickly. It was like the last thing I ever thought would change my life, and it did. And then I like stuck to it. I had Drew Defonso Marks, who we both know, and is a teacher and performer at UCB. He he was my teacher for all for my first levels, and then just went from there. I finished the whole program in one year too. The 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 first basics mm -hmm. and got approved was able to audition for Harold like after my first year which was insane and it was a great time I didn't get a call back and I remember walking by Amoeba when I found out and cried <laughs> like walking past Amoeba music <laughs> and, and that's when it and hit you and I never like looking at the email going okay I didn't expect it to get a call back but man did it hit me <laughs> and I like cried and then went on with my dad <laughs> <laughs> but then I continued to do audition took me four um, auditions, got on Harold uh, at UCB, was on that with you, Johnny. Mm -hmm. um, we're on, my all three of my Harold, or two, three years of Harold, you were on with mm -hmm. me, uh, Mr. Town City and Landlord, and we were on Stick Smartin, right? That's mm -hmm. where we started playing with each other. Yep. Um, yeah, and then was shortly after three years cut and <laughs> continued <laughs> to do improv regardless. Yeah. <laughs> and hosted an indie show, of course, for s five years now. I'll give it a little plug. It, the Manifesto <laughs> show. It's every Friday, 8.30 to 10.30 at Not the clubhouse. There you go. Uh, thank you. So um, no point in bringing it, it up. I've been doing that show for five it. years. Currently, who I host with, Jen Kruger, we've been improvising for about six or seven. She's now 2009. Mm -hmm. Maybe 2010 we started. Uh, that's a great time i love that i love doing that it just keeps you doing it but you let's hold over here you've been hosting what is known as the oh me i don't want the talk longest about indian improv show in los angeles uh, right yeah uh as far as i know it's a uh, uh, tuesday night thunder uh tuesday nights at the clubhouse uh eight o'clock till triple question mark uh whenever it ends whenever the i don't jam think ends. i think it's sort of like purgatory for you and it'll never end maybe <laughs> maybe uh but right now uh it's in its ninth year uh yeah, it started in two thousand seven, and uh, I moved to uh, 
L.A. actually the month it started and didn't uh, find it until like six months after that. But uh, yeah, and then I started uh, co-hosting with Harrison Brown and Jonathan Smith uh, a year after that. Uh, and then we've moved so many different locations uh, and still kept it going. And uh, now it's hosted by me and Ronnie Adrian and Harrison Brown. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a great time. Uh, check it out if you're in LA and you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I started. Uh, I started off doing short form. Uh, <laughs> I still love short form. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's just fun I, uh, to make jokes. I'm uh, only. Yeah, I guess I'm not a good joke teller, and I'm not. Cl- I don't consider myself a clever person, so I think that's why long form allows me to come in as an actor more. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll go on with your little more history because I think that's actually what I'd like to talk to you about is like oh. our different approaches. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, I started doing stand-up in short form in college at the University of Arizona. Bear down. Yeah. No? Nobody? No one. Okay. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I started doing stand-up, uh, like touring around the Southwest. Uh, I was doing okay at it, and I finished up my music education degree, and I'm like, you know, let me see if I can make comedy a go. So I moved to New York a little bit uh, and took uh, uh, Sketch and Improv 101 and then Improv 201 in New York, uh, and then hated the city, uh, moved back to Tucson shortly after, moved to L.A., and then finished everything up. Uh, yeah, uh, doing as many shows as I could as uh, many different theaters, you know, because uh, back then it was like five indie shows, two of which I hosted, so I felt weird about performing at them other than the <laughs> hosting. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I got up at I.O. some, uh, and then UCB and different shows and stuff, stuff like that, got on a mod team, got on a Herald team, uh, that Herald team got cut, got on another one, that got cut, got on another one, that got cut, uh, and then... Shortly after getting cut, signed paperwork uh, to teach at UCB, and now I'm doing that. Great, man. Yeah. I didn't know that. I oh saw yeah, you yeah. on assembly. Congrats. Oh, yeah. Thank you. People are going to be lucky to have you as a teacher. I think I'm a good teacher. You are a good teacher. Thank you. Yeah. That's Should we just nice. go back and forth like this? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's great. I really am happy to hear that you're teaching. Oh, thanks, man. That's fantastic. Um, in that, r- I, I forgot, I was on mod for a year as well. I've been uh, trying to uh, like trying to get back on, but it hasn't succeeded. But uh, that was before Harold. I actually I did a year of m- mod, and I can't remember if you were on that same year. We were on two thousand ten. Uh, no, I was on after that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's start talking about improv. Yeah. Improv. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I wanted to hear because I feel like when we play, we definitely we have the crossover, but I think we come at it with different approaches, right? Yeah. Would you say that? Yeah. About us? Yeah, I feel like uh you approach it uh the scene uh like more uh from an emotional aspect or and like uh like actorly reactional kind of play and I'm really more like writerly kind of look looking for form and structure within the scene. Yes. Yeah. And I think those those two work well together though. Uh Yeah, cuz I can just, you know, copy you and fake like I'm a good actor. <laughs> and then just everybody copy. thinks I'm bad. Yeah, yeah, you can just copy me and some people might think you're clever every yeah, now and then. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and half the time I don't succeed. And, and half the time I don't either. But I think I started out very early only being able to come in at that. You know what I mean? Like That was over the time now doing it how many years? What, what year is it? 20 to 20? 2016. And I started in 2009. Mm-hmm. How many years is that, Johnny? Oh, boy. It's I just seven feel like years. You're, you're the brain. Seven years. Great, seven <laughs> years. Seven years. You but can't like subtract nine from sixteen. No, I just didn't want to try. Oh boy, <laughs> I was lazy. Uh, but I think I came in it very much like that, like hot and like kind of just like we'll fill it out and sort of. Um, I guess the best way to describe it is like a firecracker, like explode and then we'll pick up the pieces later, right? But then over the time now, I've the last seven years of being able to more focus that like there is pattern to be found quickly, even off of an emotional reaction mm-hmm. rather than just continue to react and just, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and that's what I find more fun um, is to be able to like come at it from that, but then find the structure within whatever choice has been made. Yeah. And I, I feel like I come at it from kind of like, I guess the opposite end of the spectrum where, you know, I started doing comedy where I was writing jokes and, uh, like, writing writing sketches. Yeah, and basically, like, doing short form. So it was, like, I was looking for more, like, 
what is funny about this or what is the point of this scene that we're doing? Like, what is what is the comedic point of this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> As opposed to, like, we're just existing and we're just being. And I'm like, well, that's all well and good, but, like, what's, what's the point of this? <laughs> like, right, right, right. What's funny about this scene? And so, like, I usually tend to... Uh, quicker label exactly what I think we can exploit for comedic value and then react within that. That's great. Do you do you approach almost any scene going in from a premise point of view? Like you're just like looking at it as like even if it's organic, like there's a premise here. Oh yeah, Where for sure. Is it? Okay. I mean anything can be a premise if you just unpack it. If something anything specific can turn into like a point of view or philosophy for a character that can be exploited for a comedic premise. Right. Unless it's like an initiation that's so like soft or so uh, vague that it has nothing specific to react to with an emotion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the if the suggestion was like corn on the cob and, you know, someone came out and just said corn, like just said the word corn. I yeah. W- like there's not much for me to, you know, you have to build go off of that. Right. Yeah. But if someone came out and said, you know, like just had a, an opinion on corn on the cob as themselves, like, uh, like uh, I hate, I hate eating corn on the cob because it feels like an extra step between me and eating corn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, y- yeah, even though it was like a, like a, we heard a chuckle. It, was like a, it wasn't a chuckle. It was a snort. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> uh, but it's like I mistakes. That's uh, that's specific enough for me to react. Like, what what do you mean? It's an extra step. It's yeah. just you pick up the corn with your hands, and you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. then the the philosophy behind why someone believes uh, like eating corn on the cob is an extra step can be something that can be exploited anywhere else in the scene or anywhere else in the set. So if someone thinks like uh, corn on the cob is like an extra step between them and corn. Uh, like, how would they feel about college? You know what I mean? Oh, that's just an extra step between me and, me a, career. and a career. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where someone would, you know, think it necessary to have the amount of the education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Do you... Um, I, this just came up in my mind because I find that, like, periods of time I focus on, like, one thing for a while. Like, I'll get, like while I'm still learning as an improviser, because I think you constantly have to just keep learning as an improviser unless you've mastered it all over there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Um, And I recently have come to this thing where I was really focused on finding the philosophy in order to play the game, right? But then what I found is I was finding myself in scenes or seeing a lot of scenes that where philosophy just became too much of the focus, where it became the scene was like, it doesn't happen all the time. Just explaining. Yeah, it's like we kept just, there was just too much hashing around that philosophy rather than just that's it, now let's continue to play the pattern. Well, that's what the, the, that phrase, you, the, the, the buzz phrase you hear all the time in like early improv where it's like show, don't tell. Yeah. Yeah, that means like stop talking about like why you did the thing mm-hmm. or like why you, why it was okay you did the thing and then figure out a way to get away from it and do it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I, I mean, when I coach, a lot of the times, a lot of my only big time when I side coach because I'm not a big side coacher because I think you have to fill it out. I want to sort of lo- let you sink. I so like you I I like side coaching. I'm I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I just think there's a pot. There's a little bit of like I need to let you sink so you know how to actually make yourself float. I actually side coach more for the opposite reason of that. Where it's like I I will side coach like a, a a younger team, uh, a lot to be like you feel this you feel right now this feeling you I just saw you have right See now. See, I'll do that. Scene. I'll respond to something that they're not they're holding back on, but if they're like just like not making a move in a sense like getting lost, I'm like hey I gotta let you get lost a little. Yeah, but you can y- you have you have to you have to let them know when you like if you keep. Giving the same note, you have to let them know like when, like this is this is when right. you should apply the. Note I he- I hear that too. I'm not. I just don't want to do it all the time. Can't just because teach I think I think if you do it too for me, I think if you do it too much, then they you can get to the point where they rely on that. Well, there's a you middle ground. Obviously. Yeah, you have to take the fucking training wheels off. You can't just be like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep running those training wheels. But that's also, there's so much stage time now. Like That's true. That's when they can be like, you know, uh, Papa Improv Coach isn't here to, you know, grab the bike before it falls. But I think also it would go back to like the sports, like you're a big sports guy. I think a lot of athletes. Huge sports I mean, your last name is Sports Bar. Oh, yeah. That's Johnny the Sports (laughs) Bar (laughs) Schwartzbein. Let's spread that around. Let's spread it around. Sports Bar is easier to say than Schwartzbein. And I've been looking for a nickname for a long time. (laughs) 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 So I'm walking down the street, so it says, Hey, sports bar! And I could just do like the kind of like Usain Bolt point. I think it's going to stick after this podcast. Yeah, I think it's it's going to stick. It's going to stick. Yeah, for sure. It's totally going to stick. I think I just lost my train of thought. I'm a huge sports guy. Yeah. So I think a lot of my only, and I think you're right. In what you're doing, I don't. I don't think you're doing. That's great. I can only assume that every team that has you as a coach is getting better and better every time. But there's a point where I'm thinking, yeah, there's a lot of stage time. But in your practice, like athletes will say, like you don't go and practice. You have to. You have to practice as if you were on the court, right? You can't. I can't think of the a phrase. Perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah, and I think that's where eventually you have to like kind of let those chains off and practice and not guide them too much because they have to be able to like acknowledge. They have. I think you. I think you're but right. Allowing someone first, you have to acknowledge it for them, but you, then you have to start letting them go. See that moment we talked about? You missed, and you have to like can't keep telling them. S- to stay on the sports analogies. Yeah, if we go, you uh, go. If, you're if, if I'm a basketball you. coach, and I see someone shooting free throws, mm-hmm. and like their wrist is wrong, and I see they're missing free throws specifically because not lack of reps, but specifically because their wrist uh-huh. is in the wrong position. I wouldn't let them shoot 15, 20 more free throws like with that right, same like right. weird but wrist. I, I would stop them as soon as it happens. Yeah. And say, like, now, see if you can change your wrist like this and then shoot a bunch of free throws. And right. then maybe the next few are good and then it starts to like go back to where like with like the bad wrist position or whatever. And then, you know, I would say, like, okay, remember, right, right, keep right. your wrist like that. Like, I wouldn't let them go on and on and on just shooting right. these bad free throws when I know exactly why their free throws are going for sure going south. I just don't want to do it all the time because sometimes I'll give that note right after or in between. It's just I think it's like uh, uh, hypothetically, I just it depends on what scene they're doing because sometimes I don't want to interrupt every time because a lot of times I can see it click in after the fact when they can look at it and like I can stop the scene. And be like, look with that, and then that, and but I don't have to have them do it again. I usually do. I usually don't side coach very often, like uh, scenes that have a lot of group support, like group games or group scenes or uh, stuff like that, because then they have like they have support. Yeah, there's there's support happening. Yeah, yeah, that That makes sense. Yeah, I like I don't like that feeling. I didn't like that feeling when I was uh, uh, coming up in classes, like early on improv, where. Like I know the scene is is like not fun to be in and it's not <laughs> fun to watch <laughs> and I don't know why but I have to keep going because no one is sweeping and you're not sweeping from in your two person scene in the hair right. and the coach is inside coaching and the coach isn't calling at it so now you're s- you're stuck in this scene and you're not thinking about like what can I learn from this scene that I have the like that awful feeling of being stuck in a bad scene in the pit of your stomach you're not thinking like what is the learning application in this? Like, you're thinking, get me out of this fucking scene, anybody. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's why I like side coaching. Because it's like, you know, you can be like, okay, I see I see what's going on in this scene. And I, it's obvious, like, <laughs> you're not having fun. Here's why I think this is happening. And right. then correct it. And then finish the scene. And then next time you have that, that moment where you're feeling the exact same thing or the same things happening in the scene, implement this note, and then hopefully it writes itself. Great, you're gonna you're a better teacher than I am. I don't People know. Ra- at like that. round of applause, just show of hands in the audience. Like, okay, let's. You want to do that? See who they think. No, I don't want to yeah. do that because <laughs> I know who's gonna. I know who they're gonna cheer for. I, I already. I would do. Th- I my clap, good thing Miles is in here. Mike, I know, second right? And third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My clap would go for you as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One person laughed at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's great. Um, I, I can't remember what the one thing is. It's just I love when I can see uh, like an improviser hold back, and then you just like you don't have to tell them what to do, but you go like, see that thing you were you were holding back on, do it, and then you see them do it, and it's the f- and they surprise you, and they're just holding back on whatever. 
that simple specific choice that they have your own because that's my my favorite joy of coaching and watching other improvisers is the choices that they have in their head they're like yeah you're in like i'm in line with what you're playing your game or whatever but the choice you play to make that game is so surprising because it's taken from whatever your own personal experience. That's what I love about improv for the most part is the ability of like me and you could get handed the same game and both of us can play it ideally but in totally different ways. Yeah. And I, I love mean, that. It's the same thing with any art form really. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean like like how many how many guys were like you, you know, really just knocking that idea down? No, no, no. <laughs> no I'm just kidding. No, no. Just I think I, like in a larger sense, that's what I like about just being creative in general and being like right. artistic is where I can like do something the way I think is valuable as like output to the world, but I can also see someone do something in a in a completely like different approach or different way. And like find like surprise like that would surprise me be like oh that was great I would never thought to yeah. do it that way or uh, you know I would never thought to play that character in this scene mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean yeah like the same way as like you can hand uh, yeah like how many how many people besides Michelangelo were like carving like you know marble statues yeah uh, and he's the one that came up with David you know there's a bunch of all like sculptors fuck. like fuck. Fuck man, that David's good. You see David? Yeah, I saw David. Oh, I stopped fuck. sculpting sculpting because of David. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I don't even. Want, I got to get back in sculpting class, man. I saw David. Oh man, you know, I got to get a, more reps. A workshop just opened for sculptors. Oh yeah, hey, hey, here. Yeah, check out my uh, sculpting open mic. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Great. I'll be there. I just saw you. I <laughs> so it's like it's thirteen hours. Yeah, it's thirteen it's hours for sculpt because we were sculpting. Yeah, yeah, it's thirteen hours. I d- I do uh, ten minutes sculpting set in between all the other sculptors. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, I try to keep it light. That's great. And you're the first to start that. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> the very first open mic <laughs> sculptures. Um, my other question is, off of just a suggestion, do you do you generate? Do you attempt to generate premise off of a suggestion, just a one word, like, or do you go into organically just looking for that premise? Uh, I, the way I approach the suggestion is, uh, I always like using. It, it, especially if it's the first thing you said, using the word somehow or like. So you're kind of honoring what you got. Yeah, because it's like I remember the first time um, my uh, parents ever saw me do long form uh, was that it used to be Kay's mention. The suggestion was like peanut butter. Uh, and uh, I forgot who initiated the scene, but it was just about like making sandwiches and it wasn't a peanut butter sandwich. And after the show, my mom was like, oh, it was really funny. Like I enjoyed it, but like. Why didn't they say peanut butter in the first scene? <laughs> so ever since you're just doing that for your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you always try to you always try to do improv for like I always try to uh, perform improv as if like people in the audience have never seen imp- like long form improv mm-hmm. before. So like keep it like honest and like uh, uh, accessible. You know what I mean? Not yeah. too like heady or artsy farts or whatever. But uh, that sometimes goes out the window indie shows and stuff like that. But sure. But, but like the idea of honoring the suggestion, it's like, why not use peanut butter? But like in terms of like uh, generating a premise off of one word, I think it's it's very hard. Uh, but like I said a little bit earlier, like the way the way I guess I like I fudge it or the middle ground that I like is when you have like a thought or opinion, like an honest thought or opinion on whatever the suggestion is. So yeah. it doesn't come off as like this huge like non-organic premise off of just a single world it comes off of like uh like an honest reaction to whatever the suggestion is so if like the suggestion is farm you know like i'm i'm not a huge fan of just like you know you start digging and then you're and then you're like yeah this this farm huh and it's just like yeah i mean okay yeah this farm what do you feel how do you feel about that farm yeah exactly so why not just add it in the first line Instead of like wait for a third line or wait for a fourth line, why don't no, you just you can start make those big choices early? Start to decide what the scene is about. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I think I'm gonna I'm gonna eventually die on this farm. Now, like now I have something to respond to. Yeah, instead of this <laughs> farm, huh? Well, what do you Jeez. mean this farm? Uh, I feel like I'm eventually gonna die on this farm. Why not just say that in the first line? Yeah, you can. And I think that's a great thing that you can teach because, like, I find when I coach and stuff and see younger improvisers, 
when I'm, especially when they're choosing, they've come out of classes, they've worked with premise, trying to get the Herald down, and they get to organic, I see them pause so much on the back line after they get one word suggestion, and I know, and I'm like, guys, take it easy on yourself. No one's asking you to come up with a premise within fucking, after one word. And it's, it's just interesting to watch their brains when they get told that they can just like, oh, I can just come out with a statement and build. I'm like, yeah, make it easier on yourself. Yeah. And that's that's where I'm at now with uh, like uh, improv that's not based on like an opening or some sort of opening scene where it's just like w- all we have is one word. So, but I want a premise. <laughs> I know me, Johnny Schwartzwein, wants a premise. The sports bar needs a premise. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go. Of course, it's sports bar. There. I, uh, but, but I don't, but I don't so disagree like with you. Instead of I one just word, instead yeah. of just coming out and just like starting with any statement, why don't I make a statement that you know matters? That matters to me, or is you know more than just like you know a random statement. That makes sense. Yeah, that's great. All right. Uh, we have to wrap it up. Uh, yeah, uh, let's let's wrap it up uh, the way I always like wrapping up a podcast. Show plugs. Show plugs. Oh, great, great. Yeah. So if you don't want to hear show plugs, you can you can uh, just fast forward. I guess like thirty seconds. Yeah, fast forward. Um, listen to my own podcast um, called "I Will Watch Anything Once," where I have guests bring. We watch a movie that they choose together, and we discuss it. Johnny was on it. We watched a. A movie I found terrible called Necessary Roughness. Sinbad. <laughs> Scott Bakula. Scott <laughs> Bakula about sports, Kathy of course. Ireland. Uh, yeah, that. Check out the Manifesto show every Friday uh, night at the clubhouse, 8.30 to 10.30 p.m. Also, me and Johnny are in a team um, every second Thursday currently at UCV Franklin called Copycat, where we have a guest team perform a set. Then our team, Copycat, attempts to perform the same exact set. Yeah, it's very fun. Yeah, it's very fun. Gets crazy and yeah. Yeah. Uh, follow me on Twitter at, at JJS Comedy. Same Ooh. thing with Instagram. Uh, host the Cage Match at UCB Franklin every single Wednesday at uh, 11 p.m. Uh, check out uh, Fuckle Presents Q and A at the UCB Inner Sanctum every third Sunday at 8:30. Uh, uh, Tuesday Night Thunder every single Tuesday at the Clubhouse starting at eight. Jam at 11:15 ish. Uh, and there's one more plug I'm forgetting, but that's fine. Who cares, man? Yeah, who cares? We've got enough plugs in there. Let's do some improv. All right, thanks, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. How are you doing tonight? Uh, this is JS. This is Dave. And trust us, this is all made up. <laughs> but, but we, we definitely need a suggestion. Give us any suggestion, please. please. We have to. What was that? Freeze ray. Freeze rate, thank you. Oh, God, if we didn't get that. If we didn't get that, we wouldn't be able to start off anything. No, you can't just start. Not to test the machine on yourself. God. You know, and this is, I know you can hear me in there. I know you're frozen, but you can still hear me. This is why I said, as my assistant, stay out of the lab when I'm not here. Stay out of the lab, because I know what's going to happen. Dr. Salvador, you're such an amazing scientist. I know. I know, Gabriel, I know. Oh, please, let me just see what's inside the inner workings of your invention. No, you know why? Because you accidentally shoot yourself with a freeze ray, and then you're frozen. What's the point of even arguing? You can't even... Well, I hope you learned your lesson.
Susan Pettigrew? I did, she never said her last name. She was jogging, apparently, nearby. But I shot her, I put this on reverse, I shot her with it, just out of curiosity. Sir, did she say her last name was Pettigrew? No, she never said her last name. <coughs> Look, I told my long-lost birth mother to meet me here after work. Her name is Susan Pettigrew. What does she look like? A jogger? <laughs> what does a jogger look like? She, she looked fit. It doesn't she have to be jogging. It could be anything. I don't know. She looks fit. She had sandy hair. She had sandy hair. Sandy hair means jogger to you? I'm sorry, sir. I was, I was going off her attire, okay? She was, she was in sports shorts. Could be high shoes. She was in a Hulk, like, like, like Whatever that is. A midriff? She was in a midriff? Clearly a midriff? Was it like a sports bra? Like, uh, kind of, yeah, like a sports bra with a midriff. Oh, Clearly trying to show up. birth mother wasn't walking around with a sports bra to meet me. That's kind of weird, right? You would want to dress up the first time you meet your 35-year-old Yeah, son. I would think so. Right? You want to look your best. She could have been a hiker. Well, uh, she could have been a hiker, but she said she was jogging. She said she was jogging. She looked like a jogger. And maybe that is her best. You know what I mean? That's clearly, like, why you're showing off your body. A lot of people just exercise to show themselves off. We have more important matters at hand. Did you see? <laughs> the device works. Yeah, it works. But I killed a woman. I killed an innocent woman by vice curiosity.
then you make more of a mess. What am I supposed to do with this? What is that? It's not a toy. 
covered in ooze. <laughs> Most likely gonna make you a mutant in a couple of hours. It's not a happy thing. <laughs> You're gonna have to be hidden from the world. You won't be able to grow up like the rest of your friends. I should not leave that out in a box. <laughs> you should not leave. Take that jetpack off. Take that jetpack off! That is not a toy! You do look adorable in it. You look adorable, but it hasn't been tested. No. 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 